Hi, I'm the Nabba Duncan, and this is Media Girlfriends. In this episode, you're going to hear from two media girlfriends in the United States. Lindsay Cradwell is a podcast producer at Panoply. She produces the Bad With Money podcast and uh, a royal wedding podcast called When Meghan Met Harry, which is super funny, even if you're not into the royal wedding. Uh, Lauren is going to be giving you her What I Should Have Said story. But right now, you're going to hear from a new media girlfriend in L.A. who I've been following since I was out there for a podcast festival. Her name is Erica Mandy. And she has a daily 10-minute news podcast called The Newsworthy with Erica Mandy. Uh, She's originally from Missouri. She spent the last 10 years as a TV news reporter. She worked her way up the ranks until she got a job that landed her reporting the daily news at CBS Los Angeles. And then she quit her job to start her own podcast. And I am fascinated with that because I've been working for 10 years. I could... Maybe if I had the ovaries, quit my job and start a podcast. Like, what does it take for a person to do that? Why did she do this? I, I'm, I'm, I just wanted to know more about it um, because she started a podcast and has done so well in such a short amount of time. So here's what her podcast sounds like. Welcome, welcome to The Newsworthy, all the day's news in less than 10 minutes. Fast, fair, fun, and on the go. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, the official decision about the Iran nuclear deal. The nominee to lead the CIA is in the hot seat and new recommendations for certain cancer screenings. Plus, how to get $1,200, Facebook's new ad policy, and a bunch of new things from Google. All that and much more in less than 10 minutes. I'm Erica Mandy. Today is Wednesday, May 9th. You ready? Let's do this. So it's been less than a year now, and Erica's podcast, The Newsworthy, has been doing very well. For example, it's been featured on the new and notable front page of iTunes for about two weeks, where she sat next to The Daily Podcast, which is another great podcast. So we each sat in our own studios, and I asked Erica how she got the idea for this in the first place. I was working as a TV news reporter in California, in L.A., um, And in the last couple of years, you know, I I kept hearing the same thing from smart people who were busy with their careers and busy with other things and basically said, you know, to be honest, I don't watch the news anymore. I see what I see online or on Facebook, but I'm too busy. And frankly, the news is too depressing. It's overwhelming. I kind of tune it out. Um, And it just isn't their priority or they feel like it's too slanted. They're sick of the political debates on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So they just kind of turn it off. And obviously, that's not everybody, but I think there's a large number of people that were just, especially in today's political climate, just felt like I've had enough and I'm exhausted by the news. So Mm. that was one part. It's just this was in the back of my mind as I kept hearing this from people. Then I was getting into podcasts. I had a long commute to uh, Studio City, California, and I was starting to get into podcasts, but I felt like you know, it would be so great that while I'm rushing around in the morning doing my makeup and getting dressed and having coffee, if I could just listen to some stuff while I'm doing that. And oh, wouldn't it be fun if it was a little bit more upbeat meant for, you know, the morning when you don't necessarily want the same NPR style that everyone tends to offer. <laughs> so it was just kind of combining 
you know, some of the newsletters that are out there that are a little bit more fun and some of the podcasts and audio news that we're used to, like NPR, and saying nothing is out there that is a podcast that is fun and you can listen on the go and it's convenient because it's less than 10 minutes and you can multitask. So I was once I came up with it, I was like, I got to try this. And I got some good feedback when I was trying to talk to people about it. And did you talk to your people at history. work about it? Like, did you try to pitch it? No. <laughs> no, I, I didn't do that. Um, you know, I was under contract to, A, not really do anything else. And, oh. yeah. So I I more actually ran a little survey through, what's it called, SurveyMonkey, mm-hmm. and just did a little two-minute clip of what I had in mind. And I got good feedback from strangers because I knew, you know, my friends and my husband were thought it was pretty good. But... I really needed to hear from people that didn't know me. How did you know that you had to and do I got that? Lots of research and podcasts. <laughs> right. You know, once I started thinking about starting a business, basically, which is what I was doing, I just started researching it. We're all journalists. We know how that works. And so you just start reading blog posts and news articles and different things from other entrepreneurs and what should you know before you start something? And and one of the things was make sure that people actually want this. And so I didn't want to leave my career until I felt like it was really what people wanted. So yes, I asked my friends, but I, I also looked into how can I run a survey? And so I talked to a couple different survey companies and I ended up just doing this. It was very small. I don't know that it was scientific or anything, but it was just enough of the confidence that I needed to say, all right, I'm going to go for it. But did you not like your job at the time too? It's not so much that I didn't like it. It's just a couple of things. Obviously, news was changing, especially local news about what I was covering. So yes, I wasn't covering the stories that I love as much. I felt like a lot of it was doom and gloom and a lot of it was chasing cell phone video and not necessarily telling the people stories that I loved. Did I have great days? Absolutely. But I was no longer loving every day of it. Mm. Um, But more than that, it was hearing from other people that they wanted something different thinking about where news is going and not wanting to be left in the dust, wanting to get ahead of it and wanting to innovate and wanting to stay on top of how the next generation is going to listen to news. And then it's also thinking about, okay, what's my next step? Because I always like to think about what's my next goal? How am I going to improve my career? And the next step for me really was network news and national news. And I felt like I could go on that path, but I no longer wanted to be part of that. I didn't want that to be my end goal anymore because the industry is changing. And I, to be honest with you, I wasn't sure that I wanted the lifestyle of being on an airplane every other day, going to the latest terrorist attack. I think those are important things. And I'm thankful to the people that do it. But it was no longer what I wanted. But even more than that, I was so got so passionate about this idea and trying to innovate and trying to do something different. So there was a point where you used to be passionate about talking to different people and, and reporting in that way. And I still am. I still do love that. Um, I just think that there was an opportunity to do something different Mm -hmm. and to – I think I saw the gap that existed and how can I reach these people that 
maybe are having a hard time staying informed or just aren't enjoying the process of staying informed. And I could make it a little more positive because at the end of the day, I always loved the positive stories a little bit more. And I still want to be informative, but there's a lot of things that affect our lives. It's not just the latest murder in your community. It also is the tech that's happening in the world or, you know, let's break down what net neutrality is and how that's going to affect us and all those things. And so I just saw an opportunity that no one was doing this Mm -hmm. and I was kind of uniquely positioned to do it because I have the background and I felt like I had the voice and the personality to be a little bit more upbeat And so if no one else is doing it, why not me? That doesn't mean I don't love the other aspects of what I was doing. It just means I love this too, and why don't I give it a try? Yeah. So you are married. Um, Was your husband – like what kind of conversations did you have to have with your husband around this? Because you were taking a big leap. Yes. And honestly, I'm so appreciative of his support, and I feel very lucky that he – just emotionally was so supportive. He Mm -hmm. kind of gave me that extra confidence to go for it. Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, if you were scared, too. Of course, yeah. You know, I was on the same path for 10-plus years. And so starting something new, of course, it's scary. And frankly, it's still scary. You know, it's a process to start a company and a business and be doing something completely pretty much on your own. And when you have something that happens that's great and successful, it's the highest high. But when something's not going perfectly or as you planned, you know, you feel that pressure even more than when you were just working for a company that, you know, that's great that you still want your job and you want to succeed. But, you know, it's the company. Yeah. So I I love that you also thought of this as a business right from the beginning. This was not just, I want to try a thing. This was, I want to try a thing, and I'm going to make money off of this, and this is going to be my thing now. And I think that's because I couldn't do both. One, because of the contract, but also timing. You know, I was working as a news reporter for the 11 o'clock news, so mm. I was there for 10-plus hours a night, And if I was going to do a daily news podcast, there's no way that I could try to do both or that I could try to start it on the side and see how it goes. So it was one or the other. And when I made the decision to go for this, it had to be, okay. I'm going to take this real seriously and make sure that I give it my all no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. So what kind of scary feelings were you having? Well, of course – there's an element of what if it doesn't work? I'm going to be so embarrassed. Mm. And I think there was definitely a realization for me that at the end of the day, if I'm embarrassed, that doesn't matter as much as if if I didn't do it, I would regret it and always wonder. Yeah. So I had to look at what's the worst case scenario that I'm embarrassed and that I might have to find another job. Well, I've worked in TV news for 10 plus years. If I really need to find another TV job, I probably can do that, right? So it's kind of trusting in yourself. Honestly, that's what it came down to that I could handle the worst case scenario. But that doesn't mean I wanted the worst case scenario to happen or that I wasn't scared about it happening. And so there's an element of embarrassment, but then there's also just kind of putting yourself out there in a new way. Um, 
and saying, hey, and, and when you start something, you got to be visible. You got to let people know it exists. You can't say, OK, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to stay quiet until I know whether or not it's going to work. Like, you got to <laughs> go for it if you're going like, to go you for want, it. You want listeners, man. Yeah, exactly. And so it was, OK, here I go. And I'm just going to not care. Uh, but you still care, obviously. You just have yeah. to tell yourself you don't care. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah. And so now that it's scary because, okay, is it growing fast enough? And can I handle everything that I need to do? Am I doing all the right things? I mean, there's a million questions. And it's, it's funny because no matter what we're doing, right, we want to put our best foot forward and we're always going to be a little bit self-critical. But I definitely do take – when I have those highs, I take the time to say – good job to myself and and to celebrate those wins. But it's a process. It's a journey no matter what you're doing. And so it's just trying to stay focused and evaluate the good and the bad and act appropriately according to what's working. So you cover the news every day. Um, What is it like going through this news cycle all the time? Like you talked about (laughs) how people are sort of getting depressed. And like, I know about this. Like, I feel it too. You go when it's not so good all the time. How do you do it? Um, I think the variety in my show helps both my listeners and myself. And that and by that, I mean, that I am breaking down the political stuff that's going on. And some maybe some of the bigger negative things that are happening But I also make sure that I'm reading myself and providing to my listeners some of the more positive or just useful things throughout the day. And so, again, that is the tech stuff or what's happening with businesses that are making deals or what won at the weekend box office because we want to know that stuff too and that stuff affects us too. And so reading all of it gives you that overall view of the world instead of just – Democrats and Republicans fighting. You know what I mean? So (laughs) (laughs) it can be it can be both and both affect our lives. And so I feel like that's what my listeners want. And that's how I get through it, too, because I'm getting that variety. Can I ask you something personal? Sure. What are you doing about money? Yes. So before I left my job, I sat down with my husband and we both kind of looked at what we had in our savings and we set a timeline. Like we feel comfortable giving this at least a year to say, let's make sure this thing works and takes off. And so with our with the income that I was making and then having dual income, which I'm very fortunate, we felt comfortable with that. Um, and so I knew, okay, if I really don't see this making money and it's really not working after a year and I gave it my all after a year, then I will get another job. (laughs) But let me at least give it a year. And so I could go into this saying, I'm going to give it my all and make sure that this thing can work uh, and that we feel comfortable with that time period. So uh, Is, is that time limit giving you the motivation to sort of like go hard? In a way, I guess, but I think more than anything, I just want to I want to see it succeed mm-hmm. as fast as possible. Anyway, it because you know, you work so hard, you want to see the reward in multiple ways. You want to see the reward both financially and from listeners that love it. So, I'm I'm making some money with it, which is awesome. Um, but, you know, I want to make the money that I believe it can make as fast as I can make it. And that's not my only motivation, but uh, yeah, I mean, sure. I've never thought of it that way, I guess. I think it's more <laughs> – I don't know why. I guess I I just – I've been kind of heads down. Let me grow it as fast as I can. 
I think there's a deadline in my head of at the end of the year, I want to look back and know that I gave it my all. Mm -hmm. And so on a daily basis, I'm not thinking about the year deadline, but I just know in the back of my mind that everything I do, I want to know that I, I gave it my all. And even every month I look back and say, what did I accomplish this month and how can I take it to the next level next month? Right. So in doing the job in general, now you are at home. You're not flying all the time. You're not like putting a mic in front of people. You are just working on your own. How different is that for you? It's definitely an adjustment. Um, You know, I was in a news van with somebody all day, every day, and going all over Los Angeles or the country. And so this is definitely different, but it's cool because I entered a new industry. While I'm still media and I'm still news, there's this whole podcasting world. Yeah. I met people like you. I met tons of people in the podcasting industry, and I'm learning this whole business side of things. And it's just been such a fun challenge, and it's been fun meeting all those new people and going to new types of events. I had never really gone to a conference, to be honest, when I was just working in TV. Yeah. So that's been a fun experience, you know, and now I've been asked to speak at some conferences coming up this year. So that's really cool and exciting. That is cool. And so while on a daily basis, I have to make more of an effort now to get outside and, and be meeting the people. It has to be up to me to put myself out there instead of it just kind of happening naturally while I'm on a story, I think it's actually been a really good learning experience and really exciting challenge. And I've expanded my network through it, actually, even though I'm working from home. And I did start an interview segment in 2018. So once a week, I do have somebody on after the day's news for uh, just to talk about whatever news topic is interesting. So I am reaching out to people in that way, too. You're listening to Media Girlfriends on Twitter at MediaGFS, and the hashtag is Media Girlfriends. If you follow that hashtag on Twitter, you'll see that I use it to shine the light on women working in all kinds of media and the great work that they're doing. And I want you to use the hashtag too. If there's someone that you think everyone needs to know about, please just hashtag Media Girlfriends and we can follow. Uh, Here are two women that I shouted out recently. Garvia Bailey, a longtime arts journalist and producer and one of my best friends, and Rachel Giza, editor-at-large at at Chatelaine Magazine and an author. So Garvia was interviewing Rachel about Rachel's new book, Boys, What It Means to Become a Man. And this event was at the Toronto Public Library. And Rachel took three years to write the book with all of her research and interviews. And Garvia took about three months to think about and prepare for this interview with Rachel. It was such a proud Media Girlfriends moment for me, just watching them both on stage, seeing how much care they take in their craft. I find that each of these women, when they're called to do something, whether it's from someone outside or from within themselves, they each work so hard and it makes me want to work harder, uh, which is what I want. I want people to inspire me to do more. So I have a lot of love for both of you, Rachel and Garvia. Congratulations. All right. Back to the conversation with a newer media girlfriend, 
Erica Mandy of the podcast, The Newsworthy. As I mentioned before, she's not even a year out, and uh, the podcast has been featured on iTunes' new and noteworthy list, which is an honor that can get you many more followers and attention. And the podcast was also featured on Salon's 12 Essential Current Event podcasts. And there was another category of excellence that Erica was invited to be part of, but she resisted at first. Yeah, so I ended up getting a random email to go to this event about women in media. And so I was starting my business. I'm like, the more people I can meet, the better, because again, I'm working from home and that sort of thing. So I went to it and they gave information about this new program they were starting called 50 Women Can Change the World in Media and Entertainment. And it's by a nonprofit called Take the Lead. And they said, we're we're looking for people to apply to be part of this program. And the whole idea is to have gender parity and make sure that women have a voice in media. And that means news and Hollywood, because these are the stories and the experts that we look to that can affect how society thinks, right? Because this is what we watch. So it was funny because I was at the event and I was talking to a couple of people and I was like, wow, this seems really cool. But I don't think I'm the right I don't think I'm what they're looking for. And someone Why? turned Why to me. Why would you think that? Well, that's exactly the point because the person that I had just met that night, and thank goodness for her, she turned to me and said, that's exactly the problem. Too many women don't think they have the qualifications, and so they just don't apply. She's like, you need to apply. And I said, you know oh what? You are right. And so I applied. <laughs> she, and just had sure to, like, enough, she just had to She had to adjust you right there in yeah, that moment. Which is the whole point of this thing, right? So uh, so I went home and, and I ended up applying. And then I ended up getting it. So that's for anyone out there who <laughs> yeah. who feels like, I don't know if I'm good enough. Like, just, like, just do it. the damn thing. Exactly. <laughs> So what is the final goal now? Is it just that you want to have this podcast? Are you wanting to do – do you want to big be a big news podcast company? Like what is your deal? Yes. So <laughs> I definitely want to stay innovative and stay on the forefront of how people are staying informed. And so I see this growing first as an audio podcast and then I see it expanding to video and or partnering with other media organizations. So whether that's partnering with a Hulu type company where you can get on demand video on your Amazon show and display it while you're getting ready and it's a video news update to whatever happens five years from now because I, we can't even keep up with technology, right? So I think it's it's just like in journalism, staying flexible and adapting to the new technology and turning what you are offering into what people want in order to stay informed. So for now, it's growing the podcast, but I definitely see it expanding into a multi-platform media organization that can also partner with other organizations. Okay, so if there was someone who wanted to do something similar, this is a woman who's in a job and she's got this idea for something that she thinks is going to work. What does she need to know now that you've been on the other side five months out? Good question. I would say definitely do your research before you dive into it. I am glad that I felt like I knew the industry Uh, somewhat and that I kind of tested the idea because you definitely don't want to dive into something without 
having an idea that this could work. I also think it would be a good idea to set your timeline and kind of know what your backup plan is. So for me, it was, okay, I could get another job if I have to and uh, that I'm not going to be on the streets if I'm not making money for a year. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's it's feeling comfortable with that. And then it's knowing that you have to put yourself out there and that it's going to be a journey. This isn't going, you know, it took me 10 well, seven years to get to Los Angeles, like the the second largest news market in, in the U.S. Um, and I worked my way up to that. You know, becoming the top, top news podcast isn't going to happen in five months. And so whatever your idea is, it's not going to happen overnight unless you are this huge celebrity already. So... It's understanding that it's going to be a roller coaster. Again, like I said earlier, it's there are high highs. When something goes well or you get featured, you feel like you're on the top of the world and there's nothing better because what you've created is getting out to more people and possibly is going to help them and it's working. But then when something plateaus, like every business probably goes through that, even in five months, you know, I've had the ups and downs. And so it's just understanding that that. Running a business is a process and a journey and a roller coaster. <laughs> and then just uh, one of the things that I heard someone say about entrepreneurship in general that I completely agree with is to ask yourself, do you like taking risks and are you always looking for the next challenge? Do you like feeling uncomfortable? And if you like kind of feeling uncomfortable, then I think you should go for it. If you kind of want to be steady and secure – Maybe think twice or just do it on the side. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. I like that. Do you like being uncomfortable? Because that's what this is. Yeah. Man. It's definitely an uncomfortable feeling. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Because I think you're growing every time you feel uncomfortable. And I was definitely that person that if things were just too steady, I was anxious to try something new. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. What has that done to the way your career has gone? You not liking, you know, like being too comfortable? So I didn't set out to make this plan, but along the way, I kind of had this thing where every time my birthday rolled around, I would have something new in my career. Oh. And it just kind of stuck with me. So basically, it was every year... I either got some sort of promotion or I was doing something new that was taking my career to the next level. Every year? That's awesome. A (laughs) lot of people cannot say that, though. Seriously, every year for 10 years. And I think that kind of forces you. Once you kind of have that in your mindset, it forces you to ask for what you want. And if you can't get it, figure out why and what you can do to get whatever that next goal is. And that for me, that was, you know, going from a part-time reporter to a full-time reporter to weekend anchor to main anchor at my first station. So it was still a small station. Then it was working my way up to a bigger station. Then there I did some fill-in anchoring, you know, the second year. Then uh, it was starting my, I did like a little blog on the side for the station where I started my own little niche whenever there was an opportunity. So it was just trying to do these little things along the way, whether it's a big promotion and a big move or even just something small 
So I didn't feel like I was just static in my career. And then it was, okay, I'm going to take the leap and move to Los Angeles and get a freelance gig, which then turned into a, a contract job. Um, or, an, you know, I became an employee. And then, and then it started the Newsworthy. That's awesome. Yeah, especially, I think, in, those, in that – well, I think you can continue it throughout your career. It's just always wanting to take the next step. Because I, it's funny because I think back to when I was in my first job and I never would have ever guessed that I could get to Los Angeles. Really? Even if it was kind of a goal. Yeah, you, you barely feel like you can pull off a story in this small town in Missouri. So how can you picture yourself in Los Angeles? Even if it's kind of a goal in the back of your head, you're like, I don't know if I could ever do that. I just – I don't know if I could ever be good enough. And then you take those incremental steps and eventually you land there. I want to know, every time you took one of these steps and you did something sort of new, did you always ask for money or ask for more money? Not every time, but anytime it was a new contract or a new title, then yes. It depends, I guess, how badly you want the title, right? So there's definitely, I'm trying to remember on every step of the way. Mm -hmm. I definitely, when I had big moves, I would get new contracts? Did I always ask for as much as I probably deserved? Probably not looking back. But I know there are definitely people who wanted the opportunity to, to anchor. So when I f was a fill-in anchor, I did not ask for more money and I did not get a new contract or anything. That I just wanted that experience and that opportunity to do that. So I just let that be. And to me, it was more, okay, I'm making my reel and I'm getting this experience. And so that was good enough for me at that time. But obviously, every time I took a new job or got a new full promotion title contract, then yeah, it deserves more money. How did you end up getting that uh, fill-in anchor job? Oh, this is a good story, actually. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so in my very first job, I got my foot in the door as a part-time reporter. So out of college, I took one more unpaid okay. internship. Then I became friends with a photographer there who kind of took me under his wing. He recommended me to my first job, got my first job as a part-time reporter, <laughs> making $10 an hour, working probably 30 hours a week. <laughs> but it was the, the small town in Missouri. So, you know, I got a roommate and it wasn't very expensive. Um, and six months later, uh, they made me full-time. So it's just a matter of, okay, I'm going to try to prove myself here. And I was freaking out the whole time, so stressed out whether or not I was doing a good enough job because they could let me go at any time. And then they made me a, a full-time employee. And then I just kept working. I got uh, – and it happened naturally that it was a weekend anchor job. So then I remember asking to fill in for the morning anchor who was going to be going on maternity leave. So I went into my boss's office and I – Asked him, I know you're going to be looking for an anchor in the morning show. I would really love the opportunity to do that. And to my surprise, he said, I was already kind of having you in mind for it. So I got to do that. And then it eventually just enough, you know, in small markets, there's enough turnover that then I got to anchor. But then when I went to the next level, which was a bigger city, Portland, Oregon, it was just a reporter job. So I was no longer doing any anchoring. So when I wanted to get back into anchoring, I asked, and my boss basically said, I don't really see it, and didn't really think twice about it. Ooh. How did you feel when they said that? 
discouraged for sure. And I was talking with one of the anchors there who was is a great guy and was very encouraging to me. And he's like, oh, you should just get in, you know, get behind the anchor desk, see if they'll do it when there's like a slow day and off hours and see if someone will record it for you in the control room and just get a video because I think the problem is our boss can't picture it. She's just never really seen you do anchoring here. So I said, okay. So it was very kind of the director and some other people like, okay, I'll run the teleprompter for you and I'll do this for you. And so I got there and we kind of did one of the shows from the day before. I did an A block, you know, I just one segment before the commercial. And I took that and I put it on like a private YouTube link and I sent it to my boss and I said, here's an example of what I would be like if I anchored. And to her credit, she said, okay, uh, I like, I actually really like this and I'll put you on the schedule as a fill in. Amazing. Yeah. So it was just, again, like asking for what I wanted and being lucky enough to have that other person who encouraged me to try again. Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> and but then it's from kind of there, like you, right? Like you started this podcast and it led to so many new opportunities in your regular job, which is so cool. Yeah, it has. It it really has. And it's it's been really interesting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But I'm sure everybody in this industry can point to so many things like this where they are just kind of working their way up one step at a time, you know, that mm-hmm, we all start mm-hmm. somewhere and have to kind of make our mistakes in a less visible way. Very public way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a, it's a public way, but you hope to, you kind of try to make those mistakes when the viewership or the readership or the listenership is a little bit smaller than when, you yes. know, going from Missouri to, to Los Angeles, that's, quite a difference in viewership there. Yeah. Erica, I am happy that you had some time to do this. I know that you actually have to work on your stories right now for tomorrow. So um, I should let you go. But thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And, And of course, I, especially other people in media, I welcome feedback on the newsworthy and what you like about it, what you don't like about it, because I'm still open to feedback and change and making it exactly what people want. So thank you. Erica Mandy, creator, producer, and daily reporter for The Newsworthy. It's a daily 10-minute podcast that now includes regular interviews. If you want to find out more about her, you can uh, just look in the show notes for that. And now it's time for your What I Should Have Said moment. This one is from Lindsay Cradwell. Hi, my name is Lindsay Cradwell. I'm a producer at Panoply, and I produced the shows When Megan Met Harry and Bad With Money with Gabby Dunn. I think the moment that stands out the most for when I should have said something or what I should have said is when I tried to quit my first actual job. And once upon a time, I was not an audio producer. I just wanted to be one. I had been working in print media for a couple of years It was what I studied in college. It was where I went immediately after college, and it was sort of what I felt safe doing. Uh, And I also liked it. Like, I felt like I was climbing the ladder. I knew what I was doing. I was being looked at in a favorable way from the editors above me. They would go to me for advice, even though they had lots more experience than I did. So that, that really felt 
safe and secure and good. But I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that I really wanted to get into audio and I wanted to work in podcasts. And so I started a podcast at that publication and that sort of sealed the deal. And I realized, like, this is what I need to do. And if I don't do it now, I'm probably going to regret it. And so I made the hard decision to to quit my job. And it was a good job, which is what made it harder. It was a good job, just not good for me. And it was a stable job. I was full-time. I had benefits. And I was quitting so that I could be a freelancer and maybe pursue this idea that I had, but I wasn't really sure how I was going to achieve it. And I also thought that I didn't know enough about the industry and didn't know enough about just the basic skills I needed in order to succeed. So all of this sort of coincided with me going to meet with the head of the publication and telling him that I wanted to quit. And his response was, okay, well, let's talk about it next week. And I nodded my head and left the office and went back to work. And I think he partially responded like that because I was very teary. Um, I was very stressed, and that is my sort of biological response to being very stressed and uh, confronting that and talking about it with other people. And I think I was also just maybe not as convicted sounding in the way that I said it to him because I had that sort of big imposter syndrome I didn't believe that I knew what I was doing, and I didn't believe that I had enough experience to quit my job and decide, like, I'm just going to become an audio producer without any clear job prospects or anywhere clear to, like, look for them. And so I just was sort of going into it blindly. And it took a couple more meetings, I think about three, before I actually did quit I had to like meet with another editor who tried to convince me not to quit as well. And it was just clear to me that there would be no place for me to explore this part of work at my current job. And so eventually I did stop working there and I freelanced for a year and ended up working part-time producing podcasts for another magazine and somehow ended up getting a full-time job at Panoply, and it's allowed me to produce some pretty fantastic shows and work on some fantastic shows and learn a lot from all the people around me. And I think one of the most important things that I have learned through this whole process is even when I think that I have the least experience or I know the least or I'm just not skilled in that area, I am sort of pleasantly surprised by the fact that, like, a lot of people also don't really know what they're doing exactly, and they're just figuring it out, and they're sort of feeling their way along as well. And so I think if I were to go back in time and redo this, I would have assured myself that, you know, everyone's a little bit of an imposter, which I think makes none of us imposters, and there's no real, like, secret to succeeding in this work. You just have to try really hard and keep learning. And I think that I'm in the perfect place to do that. And I think also if I were to do it again, 
I would probably do the same thing because I have this like reaction to being stressed where I just tear up and cry. But I would say I want to quit more forcefully. And when I was asked to revisit it a couple of times in subsequent meetings, I would have said, no, you know, I think this is my decision and that's it. So, yeah. But, you know, it, it worked out in the end. So I guess I can't feel too horrible about it. It was just a couple of extra weeks of stress. Thank you, Lindsay. I really appreciate that. Uh, when I called her to talk about her work, she was so modest. And it took me a while to realize that she does all the editing and the scripts and comes up with most of the ideas for at least the Royal Wedding podcast when Meghan met Harry. Uh, I really want to hear from more women who are behind the scenes. It just happens that a lot of my friends are hosts and in front of uh, cameras and mics. But I want to know more women who are behind the scenes. So please pass them on to me if you know of any. You can hashtag me girlfriends or you can send me something on Twitter at MediaGFS. I am also interested in any of your what I should have said stories. Uh, I find that these stories are really instructive for the rest of us when we're listening to them. That's it for this episode. If you notice the new theme song and you want to know more, it's by Kilimanzago. She's a Genyan American and uh, links to her work will be in the show notes, as will links to both Erica Mandy and Lauren Cradwell and all the information you need to know about this podcast. So I have only one review on iTunes. Could you please do me a favor and do just a tiny review? I mean, if you need to give me a four, that's fine. I would prefer a five, but please be honest. Um, I'm interested in getting some more reviews just so I can uh, promote this podcast more. So any way you can help me, that would be great. Thank you so much. Media Girlfriends is produced by me, Nanaba Duncan. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts, including on Radio Public, on Twitter, at MediaGFS, and the hashtag is MediaGirlfriends. Girlfriends.